Scalping is really good because it gives you quick feedback, but it's also really bad because it gives you quick feedback. (laughs) You know what I mean? Hey, it's Walter here, and you're at the Think Profit Podcast, where we're going to help you develop a rock-solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching. Right, Hugh? That's right. We're going to help you develop a wealth mindset, develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality, and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh, sounds good. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Walter, uh, I've noticed some pretty common backtesting mistakes, especially from a psychological standpoint. Um, so I want to get your input on that. And there's a list that I came up with here, and maybe you can like add or disagree with whatever. But um, I think that when it comes to backtesting, some common mistakes that I've done and I've seen other people do are like um, they have a preset bias toward to prove or disprove the system. They don't want to be wrong, so they try to only take profitable trades. They're not testing enough in terms of like years or number of trades. Um, they're testing too few times to be sure that the results are correct. They could have like a bad testing session or be in a bad mood or whatever. They're quitting when the results aren't great. Uh, they change the middle, they ch- change the system in the middle of a test. That's a common one. They don't follow the system. They don't do enough analysis after testing and they don't have a good reporting system. They think that live results will be exactly the same as back testing. They don't consider risk management and what to do about correlation in the portfolio. Only test on one pair, stock or commodity or whatever, and then assume that that will work in other markets. They don't pay attention to missing trades. They enter and exit trades optimally and not honestly. So they try to follow the system, but then they don't kind of factor in, oh, what would I have actually taken it there? Or, you know, would I have taken it somewhere else? Um, They only follow other people's rules and they don't experiment for themselves. Uh, They throw out a system because it doesn't make X percent a month. Uh, They try to optimize or over-optimize by adding more indicators or conditions. Uh, They try to be an automated trader when they should actually be a manual trader and vice versa. And finally, not understanding the rules of a system that they are testing. They learned it from somebody else and maybe they didn't get the complete um, instructions or they're not following the instructions. So I know that was a long list, but what do you think? And is there anything you want to add or disagree with? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good list. I would say, um, so I'm working with a couple of coaching clients now and who are going through this process right now. And mm-hmm. one of the things I've noticed is, I'm not sure if it was on your list. Your list was long, but <laughs> they were, <laughs> I think you kind of, yeah, you kind of touched on like where they, what will happen is they'll do the test and then they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I did this five-year test and I only got, you know, 47 trades or whatever. Mm. And so my my thing is like, you know, all right, but, w- you know, what happens if you add another 20 pairs or 20 markets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they kind of get discouraged or they'll switch midstream. So like, let's say you're trading a strategy and you have one exit strategy and then halfway through the test, you're like, oh, I should try this instead. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of what you're talking about, like where they, they say the results aren't good enough after 30 trades, so they scrap it. Rem- remember, you know, I mean, the system is important and no one's going to deny that, right? But you can massage your equity curve in different directions by the way that you manage your risk. I feel like that is a that is a lost art in trading where people simply assume that their strategy has to get them to a certain point. Mm-hmm. When really, I think it's the opposite. I think your strategy just needs to get you to the starting line. And then from there, you know, risk can get you where you really want to go. Like mm-hmm. if you if you really understand, 
the amplification that risk management rules can do. So yeah, I think that's a great list. I would just I would just say the most common ones I see are what one of the ones you cover, like they basically scrap it too soon mm-hmm. or they assume that the end result is going to be, you know, what they have there on the uh, on the test. When in fact, the end result can be something drastically different if you change the way that you manage risk. Mm. Right. And then obviously everybody focuses on the entries. So everyone thinks like that's where they, they get the, a lot of their um, their tweaking and stuff and the multiple mm-hmm. tests are based on the entries when in fact you first verify that your entry works. And then once you verify you have a good entry, you would really spend a lot more time on the management of the trade once it's initiated. So the exits, right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then in the end you, and then finally you can use the, um, you know, your risk to, to, to get to the, get the look of the equity curve that you want. So, yeah. So I think that's a great list. It's easy to be impatient when you're using a, a simulator and doing your back testing because yeah. you know what I mean? Like you can, in some ways it's too bad that there isn't like an in-between a demo account and a simulator. In other words, mm. like with a demo account, it's exactly as real time because you have to wait the amount of real time that you would in a normal trading account to see what the results are. And then in a simulator, you can literally blitz through years in like an hour, you know, mm. yeah. <laughs> and take years worth of trade. So it's too bad there isn't like an in between where you can like, um, you could make that. In other words, you could tell yourself, okay, every day I am just going to back test, you know, three months or something like mm-hmm. that worth of data. And then tomorrow I'll back test another three months to kind of keep it fresh and make sure you're following the rules, you know, cause I, I feel like I get sloppy. I don't know about you, Hugh, but I get sloppy when yeah, I'm back sure. testing. Yeah. So I can't, I need to take breaks and stuff like that. So I can't just push through and do three hours of back testing. Cause I know my last 30 trades are going to be completely different to my first 30 trades and they're not going to be nearly as good or as, as um, representative of probably what I would do in, in, you know, quote real trading. So yeah, I think that's a great, a great list. I just feel like it almost like feeds impatience when you, when you trade in the simulator, because it's so easy to get this feedback really quickly. It's like, um, it's like scalping. Scalping Mm. is really good because it gives you quick feedback but it's also really bad because it gives you quick feedback. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, well, I'll get the next one, you know, it's sort of thing. So I don't know. I, I just, I feel like um, it certainly isn't valuable and all the best traders I know, they all have that one thing in common. They mm-hmm. use some sort of simulator, obviously, but you know, it's like any tool. You just have to manage it carefully, I guess. Yeah. 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 A couple of questions that people might have about what you talked about. So first you mentioned if the entry is good. So how would you kind of define if the entry is good? And second, yeah. have you ever seen a case where the current system had a terrible win rate and it was losing money, but you switched up the risk management and it started making money? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. So, uh, well, that was more the exit. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that counts. So um, I consider like, for example, I consider if you use a trailing exit, that's a different way of managing risk because you're mm-hmm. allowing unlimited profit to come your way. Whereas if you use a 0.5R target, as in I'm risking 100 pips to make 50 pips, um, you are cutting off your profits at half of your risk. And you will never allow the market, and neither will your broker if you do that. (laughs) Your broker will never allow you to gap over that, right? And and get cashed out at a better price than than the 50 pips, for example. So, So yeah, so I mean, in that sense, you know, yes, I've seen systems that didn't look very good get end up looking really good because 
we allowed more profit into the signals, right? So we allow mm-hmm. those entry signals to give us more profit. I've seen break-even strategies go very profitable by simply changing the risk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's good. And then what was the other thing you said? You said, you're t- oh, the entries. Yeah. So the best way to do that is what I call the juice test. And what you do is, this is what I use. This is what people that I know use, my students. I say, look, what, and this is what we've been doing with the coaching clients. We go, okay, uh, you've got this strategy that you really like, and, but things aren't as good on your test as you want. So my question for you is, let's, do you know that the entry is good? And mm. well, I don't know. Well, do the juice test. So what you do is you go, you run through your back test and you look at, you mark down, or it's easier to mark it down, like on a spreadsheet or you go where after five candles, where am I in profit? Like mark that after um, eight candles, where am I in profit after 12 candles? For example, mm. you could use three, five and eight. You could use five, 10 and 15, whatever. You need to have it just to spread. And what you want to see here is basically, does my entry signal give me a hint at what is likely to happen in the future? Mm-hmm. In other words, do my three, five, and eight candle um, exits make money, right? And also what you'll see is you'll get a hint about, about where your exit should be. Because if you find that with every, like, let's, let's use the example I said, so five, eight, and 12, right? So five candles after, eight candles after. If you find that the 12 candle exit is the one that makes the most profit, then you need to work out backwards engineer where your exit should be. That means like if on, on average, it's a three R exit or a 2.8 exit or something like that, that's probably where you should have some targets. If you're going to use targets, right? You should have them in that range. And also you should probably run another juice test because if your 12 candle exits best, how do you know that it, you know, that the 16 candle exit or the 20 candle exit isn't better. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, find that, it's kind of like you want to find the, the point of diminishing returns. Now, you also might run the juice test and find that it's an absolute crapshoot that all the exits, the candle exits are not really making money at all. Then, you know, okay, my signal's crap, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like you're just trying to like, it's like in a, in a mechanic or a doctor, you're just trying to like pull the pieces apart of your strategy and go, okay, is it this, you know, is it, is it my entry? Is it my exit? Is it my risk? Is it me? You know, what, what's going on here? Cause that's basically what it comes down to. It's your entry, it's your exit, it's your risk, or it's you. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else, really. And obviously, in this podcast, we talk a lot about the you. Like, what is, how do you uh, tweak in your interaction with your strategy? So, yeah. So, that's what I would encourage anyone listening to this to do, is if, if, you're, if you're concerned and you don't know if your entry is any good, try and run a juice test and see where, you, where it falls out. Yeah, that's a really good one. I, I do it a little bit like quick and dirtier. I just do like a one R and I, I kind of can get an idea of how the system will work from there. But um, yeah, your method is much more detailed. So that's a good way to go. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. One R makes sense too, to see. I mean, I'm basically, I'm, I'm, it's kind of like the same thing. Like I'm saying, let's look at a one R, a two R, a five R, you know what I mean? It's kind of the same, but it's just, it's just, it's a, it's just a simple brute force way of saying my signal is telling me, that the market's likely to go somewhere. Is that true? And you don't even have to be right 50% or more of the time. You just have to be right enough on the winners, right? That's, that's yeah. what trading is. You just have to be right enough. And so that's why having some sort of, you know, timed exit like that, you can work. And some people like it. Some people will do that juice test and they'll go, oh, I'm going to use a six candle exit, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah. they, they, they like it enough. They're like, this is fine. I'll just do that. 
And for some people, that's perfect. So that's another cool kind of side effect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it introduces that element of time and you can kind of like also say, oh yeah, I should bail by the third candle if it's not working out or whatever too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I learned that the guy who taught me that time to exit idea, he lived in a mansion in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> he like he, he he knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he was a stock trader and he had his hands in lots of things. But I learned that from him, and it was a real eye opener for me to think, oh, okay, you know what I mean? Like I like that's maybe that's something um, I should be looking at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he uh, he was looking for someone to work for him, and I was I, I kind of I guess I kind of lied about my my typing speed because he wanted someone to like take notes for him or something or like yeah. do there was another girl at his house with big stacks of papers and books and stuff anyway i was like wow this guy is wild and he like was really into piano and everything and so he started asking me questions that, you know did you play piano when you're young and stuff i'm like no i'm like why is he asking me these questions is because i put on my application that i guess i overestimated my typing speed <laughs> So, but we ended up having a really good chat about trading because he had, you know, what motivates you and stuff. And then, uh, and I told him, you know, trading and stuff. And he, he said, he, and we were talking about exits, you know, and I was like really into exits at the time. And he said, um, I have the perfect exit. And then I go, what? Well, do share. <laughs> and then he was talking about, um, you know, timed exits like that. So mm-hmm. it's uh, stuck with me ever since, basically, since I learned from that dude. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Walter. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.